0: Hello everyone and welcome to Elton Town again, episode 16, I believe we're at right this time. Today we're going to be talking all about ElmConf US. And I'll introduce our special guests in just a moment. But first we're going to start out with our sponsors. Humble Spark, which we love, is a development consultancy based in Chicago specializes in web and front-end. They provide practical experience and expertise in front-end development using modern tools, frameworks, and languages, including Elm and React, too. They also support the Elm community through investing time in open-source contribution, screencasts, and other learning materials. And we have Luke from Humbleville Spork on the show today, so he can tell you more about that if he wants to. Next in line, we've got Day One, which is the company that I work for. We make a beautiful journaling and life archiving app for Mac and iOS, working hard on other platforms, working hard on Android, and I have big news. I mean, I. we recently have released a read-only version of the web client, read-only because it's kind of an MVP at this point, but it's written in Elm, so that's exciting and uses all kinds of fancy technologies. So uh, it's only available right now in Chrome and Firefox and next-gen Safari. In any case, uh, exciting stuff happening on that front. We, we love Elm, and we're glad to have it, and, and I love Day One, and I'm grateful to them for letting me do the show and sponsoring. Next up, Daily Drip. A training service that makes keeping up to date on programming skills easy. Uh, Daily Drip provides small but powerful lessons to level up your skills in a number of topics, including Elm Elixir and your your good old CSS and HTML for web stuff. Uh, after signing up with Daily Drip, every weekday you'll get a short video about five minutes or a reading delivered to your inbox. And if you sign up using the coupon code ElmTown2017, now I got I got that wrong last time uh and so i'm i need to make sure that that's correct i hope i didn't mess it up if it doesn't work go look in the show notes but i believe it's elmtown dash 2017 or without a dash i didn't write that down i'm sorry but in any case you'll save nine dollars on your first month um and you'll you'll show support for the podcast too and last but not least is futurist or futurize or futurise I don't know how to pronounce it, and I heard that nobody else knows either. But (laughs) Futurist is a new breed of innovation consultancy with digital values at its core. They believe in happy people, happy customers, and happy users. And they're users of Elm, community contributors, and innovators in the open source space. They hire good people, and they do good work. In fact, you may have seen some hype and some uh, excitement coming from the work involved with Elm for iOS or Elm for mobile—it was called Elm Native, but that's kind of a different thing. In any case, uh, there's a lot of cool experimentation going on. Futurist is is really a neat company, and we're grateful to them for sponsoring as well. And that was a joke about the name. I believe it is pronounced Futurist or Futurice. I just like to poke fun. In any case, uh, you know when you point a finger, they're three pointing right back at me. So there you go. Uh, thanks, big thanks to Fergus for editing these shows for being a general podcast counselor to me. He's he's good at the media, and he's good at uh, helping me out. So this show is is much better with his help, and he's, he's doing that out of the kindness of his heart. So big thanks to Fergus if you see him, give him a hug. Unless he doesn't like hugs. I don't know. I didn't ask. But uh, let's move on to our show and introduce our visitors, Luke and uh, Brian. Hi. Are you here? Yeah. yeah. Brian, here. just so you know, I said, uh, Brian, because I got messed up because I was planning on saying Luke's second. And then I said Luke first, so I almost said Luke and Luke, and uh, it's, not because, <laughs> it's not because I think you're less valuable. But here we go. Let's try it again. We're introducing Luke and Brian. Hey! Yay! Hey, y'all. Luke and Brian have both been on the show multiple times before, but some of our listeners may be joining us for the first time. So uh, let's start with Brian, since Luke came first in the introductions. Brian, why don't you just give us a quick, about like a five-minute summary of who you are and why we should care about who you are. Okay. We care anyway, but why?
1: Well thank you. Uh okay, I'm Brian Hicks, and I've been staring at my hand ever since Murphy said that thing about three fingers pointing back at yourself, and I'm like, It's it's so true. I never thought about that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Um So I'm the head organizer of Elmconf US, which the hyphen is silent. Uh so don't try to pronounce that because you'll get nowhere. I work at No Red Inc. I've worked there for, I guess, a month or so now uh, doing Elm stuff. I also wrote Elm Benchmark and a book called The JSON Survival Kit, which is all about getting you unstuck and on the road to making awesome JSON decoders, uh, because it is kind of a fairly common sticking point. Of which, if you go to my site, briandx.com, and use the code ELMTOWN, you can still get, I think, 10% off, we figured. Um Whoa. Yeah. I haven't deactivated it yet. And now that I've said that, I'm not going to for a while. So, yeah, y'all can get a book.
0: Give Brian money. (laughs) doing stuff.
1: Yeah. I also bought Day One uh, literally yesterday. So, like, I'm going to try this out. Speaking of economic transactions.
0: I love that. I'm so glad.
1: You should do it. Day One is so good.
0: Feel free to give uh, give us, uh, feel free to reach out to me personally and make my life horrible with bug reports and suggestions and stuff.
1: You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I think that's about it about me. I like home. okay.: It's a nice language.
0: I think that's common for all of us. Yeah. Good job, Brian. Um, and Luke, tell us about yourself.
2: Hey, uh, so I'm Luke, and I worked at a company called Humble Spark, um, which has been sponsoring the show uh, until I actually recently started at No Red Ink. Um so at some point we should uh we should figure out what to make of that sponsorship.
0: Yeah, so I don't know or, if this is but, the right place to ask about that, but like is that is that you're not with them anymore Are you're doing both or what's the deal there?
2: Uh, the company still exists for like tax purposes and stuff, but I'm a full time no redding employee.
0: Okay. All right. You for just tax say, purposes and also for sponsorship purposes, I think is what you mean. Well, so say.
2: the sponsorship is just like me now. I just like I'm, I pay for the, the cast account or whatever.
0: Wow. So I should just say sponsored by Luke.
2: Yeah, I was thinking like maybe I could come up with like a funny sentence that you have to say at the beginning of the podcast.
1: <laughs> just like a bunch of tongue twisters and they're different every time or it's, or it's sponsored by puppies or the color purple, <laughs> or the concept of love. Oh, I Ooh. love it.
0: Or maybe it could be sponsored by Ellie.
1: Hey, that's a good idea.
0: Sorry, I guess we're getting a little bit off topic. We should talk yeah. about this offline. Hey, There's everybody, so Luke
1: options. made Ellie. It's cool.
2: Yeah, to to finish my my blurb uh, about myself. I also made Ellie and uh I am assisting with the uh continued development of the virtual DOM debugger and also assisting in minor ways with planning and running Elmconf when when Brian needs a substance,
0: that's great. Elmconf so, US,
2: Elm US. That's
0: right. Elm dash conf US. There are more. It's a global thing now, so we have to make sure that we make that distinct, um, which is super cool. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with it, Ellie is Elm Live Editor. Is that right, Luke? Did I say that correct? Yep. Okay, and that is an online editor for elm which allows you to import packages and compile and see things in the browser without installing anything and it's super cool and there you did some talks about it recently uh, at ElmConf eu is that right luke Uh, i I did
2: one at oslo elm day and i'm doing one at ElmConf us and uh there's a bunch of cool stuff that's going to be pushed to production fairly soon so once that's done maybe we could uh record some stuff about that if you wanted
0: yeah always that sounds great uh so, yeah, I actually am interested in you, what you said that you were working on, Luke, at No Red Inc. I'm assuming that the debugger work is part of your No Red Inc
2: work. It's not. It's just uh, free time stuff.
0: Oh, pro bono. Well, thanks for providing that. Yeah, uh, I'm just, I just do feature work. and Goodness of your heart. Yeah, so that is interesting. What are you both working on if you can talk about it at No Red Inc?
1: We just rolled over a quarter, and everybody's on different teams every quarter, which is really fun. Oh, that's um, cool. So, like, we both probably just started new stuff. So there's not a whole lot of, like, oh, yeah, we're really in the weeds. I think today is literally the first day.
0: That's cool. So this is product stuff. Like, you're, yeah. you're working on the no Red ink product.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, making kids learn good so they can write good later.
0: I'd say that's a worthy pursuit. Yeah. And not just kids. Anyone can go sign up. In fact, I signed up for no reading like, a year ago. And thought it was pretty fun. Did I did a few minutes of grammar education myself?
1: Excellent. I don't know you,
0: can, can anyone still sign up, or is that? Uh, oh yeah, that...
1: anybody can sign up. It's uh, the the core product is free. You can just go um, uh, learn some grammar, uh, get better at writing. It's a solid plan.
0: There you go. Grammar yourself into the ground.
1: Yeah, and also I guess I should say that we're hiring because we're always hiring. Always um, hiring. As yeah.
0: evidenced by the fact that most of the people in the Elm community now work at No Red Inc.
1: Oh yeah. We're I shouldn't say like most,
0: but but there are a lot of a lot of people who are visible in the Elm community on Twitter now work at No Red Inc. is how it seems to me.
2: I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I can't attest to that.
0: Oh yeah, did you actually delete your account?
2: Totally deleted it.
0: I was looking for you the other day and I couldn't find you. So well, there you go. Probably a good thing to disconnect. In any case, uh fantastic introductions and uh we love Nerding no Too in case it sounded like I was saying that it was a bad thing that that tons of people work there now I think Nerding's no great so uh that's not a, that wasn't me being down that was me being up and happy fantastic so let's transition now that we're like 10 minutes into the podcast l- yeah almost exactly let's transition to the actual topic which is Elmconf USA number 2 held in St. Louis, Missouri uh very exciting so, Brian, you were head organizer last year as well. Is that correct? Yep. And, Luke, you spoke last year. I did. You did. And, and so I did also you. spoke last year. Yeah, so we're all a little bit involved with this. So it, we were all there last, last year, so uh, we'll be well-equipped to answer some of the questions, the talking points here. So let's actually hit – I prepared a few talking points. And if I missed any things that you, Luke, and Brian wanted to talk about, feel free to inject those. Um, But let's start out with just so that people who aren't sure what's going on here, uh, tell us about ElmConf US, like where does it
1: happen, when, and what's the idea with it? So ElmConf is an Elm conference. I named it that because I really love this about the Elm community. It's just like Elm dash literally the thing that it is. (laughs) Like we don't really have cutesy names, which is fine. And you know, I can see the good and the bad in doing that, but like... I enjoy the fact that all of our libraries are very literally named, and so I was like, "Well, uh, Elmconf, yeah, that seems that's that's good. That's a good name." So uh, Elmconf is an Elm conference. It is a single-day, single-track conference in St. Louis. Uh, we're hosted with the with a larger conference called Strange Loop. Uh, basically, we are on their pre-conference day. So I think that's September twenty-eighth this year. You can go to Elmconf hyphenconf.us and get all the informations. Uh they're correct there in case I ever say anything wrong here, which I may. Um, yeah, 28th, I just loaded it up. So we'll have 10 speakers this year, including uh Evan is keynoting, Richard will be there, uh we have Luke is is speaking. Um, it's, it's a good time. Uh and if you can go to Strange Loop as well. I think there are tickets still available, although there are very few tickets available. Uh, It's a a great conference, so you should do both if you can. It's uh, three days in St. Louis in September. Quite nice.
0: I agree. Very nice. Great. Good introduction. So tell us what happened. Uh, I'll also put a plug for myself before I move on. I'm also speaking this year, too, so come see us. Um, So tell us about last year. How did this happen? It seemed like it was a pretty fast thing last year that this was... Yeah put
1: in place. So I got into Elm and I was a consultant then, and we were doing some work for a client and we needed a big feature that was going to be on an internal dashboard. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write this in Elm because I've just seen Richard Feldman's talk, how to make the backend team jealous, which is pretty great. If you haven't watched it, if you're still trying to convince yourself to use Elm, go watch that because it's a really great talk. And it went really well. Uh, We shipped it. It was great. And eventually I got on the Elm Slack and I messaged Richard and I said, hey, when's the Elm conference? And he goes, it's whenever you make it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mind blown. So we set about um, kind of creating a survey that was the actually the State of Elm, which I run to, um, just because I wanted to figure out like if it was even feasible to put on a conference. And we figured out that it was, but then I was trying to find a, a venue for it. And so I messaged Alex Miller uh, who's local here in St. Louis? And Were you already oh, sorry.
0: connected he, with him before, or
1: uh, kind of. Yeah, um, everybody in the St. Louis tech scene kind of knows each other, and we all have this um, Slack called the St. Louis Tech Slack. Cool. Um, which anybody can just join. Uh, I'll send a link. I'm not. I don't remember. I'm going to say it wrong if I try to say it.
0: It's this STL Tech. I'll, I'll make you put a link in the show notes. Yeah. I'll also put a plug and say that Utah has one too. It's called the Utah JavaScript Slack channel and lots of Utah people are on in there, including Elm channel. So.
1: Yeah. Chicago Maybe. has one too, right, Luke? They do. It's a, well, we'll put links for all those in here.
2: It's a smaller active community, but it's good. I like participating.
1: So anyway, I messaged Alex and I said, what are the odds that you have room for a, uh, a conference and like, how much do we need to, to basically pay you for the spot? Like, and he goes, Well, you're in luck. I just had one drop out today. Do you want it? And I'm like, Uh, yes, yes, I wow. do. So, so
0: you were aiming for this for a pre conference slot,
1: yeah. I it was totally just a lark where I just was like, I wonder if nah, yeah, that had never happened, right? <laughs> but I was like, Hey, I'll message him anyway. Why not? Um, and it worked out. So that was really nice. So anyway, they've been the word I uh, the words I like to use is they've been extremely generous to us because they really really have and I don't think it actually conveys it enough. They've completely taken care of our finances the past 2 years. Um so they sell tickets, they get all the profits it goes through their LLC um to put on the conference, but then they also say, "Hey, you know, um get speakers um We'll get them to St. Louis. We'll organize the space and the ticketing and, like, badges. Uh, just get us some sponsors and some speakers and put it on. And I'm like, well, okay, let's do this.
0: And so, I, was, I was very impressed by how well that, how, how good that felt as a speaker for a first-time conference. I was very impressed. Because it's strangely pray that's not first time for them.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they've been, I think, maybe seven years now. They're that's well into it,
0: yeah So that's why Elmconf is attached to Strangeloop. they They take care of a lot of the hard work for you,
1: yeah, and it's just it's really convenient because strangeloop is it's not a functional programming conference. I think if I recall correctly, it's explicitly not a, an FP conference. It's just a let's get some smart programming people together and talk about things but it does tend to be kind of FP heavy. So Elm is a good fit for that.
0: So then is this something that's just a labor of love for you or is there any benefit that you draw from it financially?
1: Well, I mean, I'm not getting any like money from it, but as far as professional reputation and visibility, like got it in spades from organizing a conference. Makes Uh, sense. It is a bit of work.
0: Yeah, it seems like it would be. I have other friends who organize conferences uh, that are individual standalone conferences and I can just see how much how much work it is tons of work. Yeah. So Strange Loop does a lot of the the hard work and that also actually makes it a super neat conference because I, there I, there are smaller conferences which when you go to you can kind of tell that they're smaller conferences and they feel like teeny tiny conferences but since Strange Loop is already established the venue's nice there's it, it feels nice the travel's nice it feels established things things are well taken care of so that's that's certainly a selling point. for. If you're teetering on the edge of, I don't know, should I take the time to go out to ElmConf, certainly I would say, yeah, it's a, it's a good conference experience, and Strange Loop is one of the best conferences you can go to to meet creative people is what I'd say too.
2: A, a bunch of folks that I know last year just kind of like decided the day before to come down to ElmConf. Maybe not literally the day before, but kind of just on a whim, and they did, and <laughs> they really enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun. So
0: did they just come to ElmConf, or did they also attend Strangely of Dino? They,
2: they just came down for ElmConf.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, if you're close enough, that's certainly a possibility. Oh, yeah, maybe we should mention that, that you can attend just ElmConf and not the whole deal.
1: Yeah, the tickets are 100 bucks even, so it's not an expensive event to attend either.
0: It's excellent. Uh, I'm guessing that the last year's format is going to be very similar to this year's format. Is that right? still in the ballrooms inside of the hotel that is the train station in St. Louis. Is that right?
1: I mean, yeah, the format is very similar. We made a couple of tweaks to the schedule based on feedback from last year. So what
0: are some of those tweaks, if you don't mind sharing?
1: Basically, people said, we really do need time to socialize. You know, we're here. This is an Elm conference. It was the first Elm conference ever. And we really would like time to meet people who are also interested in Elm because it's not exactly, um, it's not, for example, a Java conference where you can go, oh, you know, I see all the, the 10 people I know who do Java and go to conferences in my hometown and just hang out with them. Um, you might be coming from, oh, I, I don't want to pick on Omaha, but just as a random <laughs> city. If you go to Omaha, maybe there's not a lot of Elm people, and so maybe those two or three people... Uh, one of them goes to Elmconf and is just like, "Okay, I want to meet everybody because these are all people who are specialized who who do Elm who are interested in it, who i don't have to sell Elm on to talk about it which is which is a big benefit of being at a conference that's that's specialized like this. but we didn't give them a lot of time to do that last year. Um, so this year we have uh, bigger breaks between the speakers. Instead of, I think we had like five-minute breaks, we have 10-minute breaks minimum now, I want to say. We might have one that's five minutes. Uh, And then we have some longer times for people to just break and socialize a little bit, as well as an extended lunch and afternoon break.
2: Mm,
0: That's excellent. I'm actually going to interject right here and say that this connects with very much with the experience that I had last year that was very significant to the work I was doing. And it answers one of the questions we had from Twitter. So I'm going to take one of those questions that we're going to answer later on. I'm going to inject it right now. So this is a question that we had from Carl Yeah on Twitter, or Carl Y. Yeah. And uh, he he asks, is it noticeable how much the community is growing? And I'm going to answer that Myself first, by saying yes, because i I went to speak at Elmconf because I was interested in Elm individually, and around the Utah scene, there are a lot of people who are interested in Elm and not a lot of people who are doing elm in fact there are very in fact there it might be me and like a, a handful of other people who are actually doing elm uh, at work, other than that, there are people who think it looks awesome and so last year, when I applied to speak. Um, it was it was even probably fewer than that. And so I thought Elm was a really neat thing, but not, not very realistic in terms of getting community support necessarily. And then I went to ElmConf. And so I had just moved to a new company at this time, the day one, day one, in fact. And I was getting ready to start this Greenfield project doing the day one journal on the web, and trying to decide what, what was going to be a reliable technology to use. And I had gone through PureScript and Elm and uh, and React Redux and also had looked at Scala.js with some things. And so I was playing around with all these ideas and had settled on something else and then went to speak at ElmConf and was blown away by the number of people in attendance there and the number of people who were serious about it and and the community that was there. And in fact, I you're talking, Brian, about the time to socialize. I found myself that for the rest of the Strange Loop conference, I attended... I think zero talks maybe maybe i attended almost one entire talk but i i went and i, I started to attend talks and said i you know i just want to be in the halls and and uh and not be doing the talks thing and i actually went onto the slack and i said are there any Elm people here that want to just hang out and then people showed up and we started talking and it was this really great uh enhancing experience for me as far as community connection as far as inspiration and talking to smart people to learn how to do things better it was it was a very educational experience because of the community and the size of the community and the openness of the community so i'm going to go ahead and say yes it's noticeable how much the community is growing and that ElmConf made that abundantly clear to me and actually caused me to choose elm as our technology that we're using now for day one last year and i've been happy with that ever since do you have input luke or brian on on that question
2: but you mentioned uh, like posting in Slack during Strange Loop to meet up with Elm people and that reminded me. Uh, Brian, isn't there a, a Strange Loop Slack that folks can join?
1: Yes, there is. If you are coming to Strange Loop, you should be getting an invite to a, a private Slack for the event.
2: Cool. I, I remember there being like an ElmConf channel in there where people could talk to and, and meet up with other folks who were down there for ElmConf.
0: Yeah, that seems right to me.
1: Yep. There will Um, typically be a lot of just random specialty channels. So if you do attend, once you get on it, just hop on and join just everything that looks interesting because you'll meet a lot of people that way. Just go to lunch with folks.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think that's one of the best things you can do at conferences is just getting people to go eat because it makes you sit and talk. And I'll also put out the idea that it's great to not even necessarily talk about Elm or the technology that the conference is about, but it's good to get to know people as people, because that's how we build trust relationships and friendships, which turn out to be pretty valuable in life. Um, Relationships valuable? What? I think so. Uh, So Brian, responding to the question about the community growing and being noticeable, what are ticket sales like? I mean, are we looking at similar attendance to last year, less, greater,
1: there are going
2: to be 10,000 attendees this year. Oh my goodness, that's awesome.
1: It's actually grown since we last talked, Luke. It's 10 million now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Practice your talks, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, so last year we had around 250 people. This year, I know we've already sold that money. We're telling sponsors a number that's higher than that, but I don't want to go on record saying how much higher.
0: Okay. Well, it would seem to make sense that you would project higher numbers than last year because lots of people had great reviews and probably would want to repeat. Right. You are tied to some degree. And I guess not tied, but it seems likely that a number of the people who are coming will want to attend ElmConf, too. And if, I'm sorry, strangely, but if they couldn't get a ticket to that, wouldn't end up going to ElmConf. But I don't know. I may just be making that up.
1: I don't know. I mean, you can do both. You can do either. You can do neither, I guess, but I wouldn't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I would also recommend not doing neither unless it's too hard to make it from uh, Antarctica. If for those of you who are working with penguins, let's talk again about the discussion points. So what went well last year that you're repeating this year? What, w- what were some of the highlights for you of last year's conference
1: that you're hoping to emulate? Single-track conferences. I think we'll maybe always will do that. Maybe not. We'll have to see but you don't get nearly as much fear of missing out or people butterflying between talks, which really throws off speakers when people just start walking out in the middle of your talk. Yeah. Um, let's see what else went well. Going with Strange Loop really went well. Uh, I'm glad we're able to do it again. I don't know how much longer uh, we will be able to because we keep growing, but for now I'm extremely happy to be working with them. They're super, super nice people.
0: So, is there like a, an attendance size limit for the Strange Loop mini-confs?
1: No, there's not an attendance size limit, but the pre-conference events are kind of. Hmm, they're designed to highlight things that wouldn't necessarily get uh, maybe a full conference. So, you wouldn't want to say, oh, I'm going to have a JavaScript conference at mm. a Strange Loop pre-conference day. Right. And. While I appreciate how generous they've been, I definitely we don't want to overstay our welcome, um, especially if there's something like, oh, uh, if there's enough like Pony or Rust users that they want to have a conference and that frees up us a slot. So like, I I don't know. Like, once we're big enough, and maybe that's next year or the year after. I have no idea. Um, then we'll we'll be on our own.
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh, I'm the sorry, other conference. Um, this to give you an idea is the Papers We Love conference, mm. is the other uh, pre-conference conference. Uh, that was last
0: year. year as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, actually the same events this year as last year. It's almost like
2: strangely pre-conferences are like conference incubators.
0: Ooh, that's a really good way to an put interesting it. Interesting idea. Yeah. So would you feel like uh, if it kept growing in the way that you feel like it's been growing that you might that you could possibly fill up enough slots for a multi-day conference in the future? and uh, This have... is conjecture. I'm not sure we should spend too much time on conjecture, but there's, there's the question.
1: We could have filled up enough slots for a multi-day conference uh, both years, actually, and had really oh, good wow. talks both days. This is one of the hardest parts for me uh, last year and this year is just feeling like we had uh, gosh, like well over 50% of the talks that were submitted, I would have just been okay putting on a stage. Um, and the other 50% were mostly like, okay, with a few tweaks, this could be amazing. So like, yeah, I think we would have enough to have a two day conference. Um, of course, again, I don't want to commit to it, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Elm Europe did it this year. Um, and that was really great. They had a, a two day one track conference and that worked out just fine.
0: That's great. So yeah, that's, that's a good question that I just came up with that nobody's prepared for. Uh, what ideas would you like to pull from elm europe this year
1: they had live streaming and as a feature Mm -hmm. i would really like to include that uh we're not this year so did that enhance
0: the conference experience or is that just to include those who aren't there
1: i think it's accessibility is really important just full stop it is we even have uh tessa kelly's giving a talk about accessibility like it is important, and the Elm community should embrace that, especially since we're working in the front end. Live streaming makes conferences more uh, accessible because people who, for example, have anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. things like that, um, who, or, or who are unable to travel, for example, right. they can see the conference and participate in the conference and at least see the talks, which is a lot of the value of a conference is is knowing what's going on in a community at any given time. And if you can't make it to a conference, the videos are good, but seeing it live is uh, to me even better. So I would like to be able to do that.
0: Well, it's certainly more exciting to to kind of have it happening live as you're watching. So maybe this is a call for anyone who's going to ElmConf to just whip out your phone and use live stream or YouTube to do an unofficial live stream this year.
1: You know, I wouldn't have a problem with that actually, but I don't know how the, the Wi-Fi would work.
0: There you go. Bring your own hotspot. Somebody, some rich person, bring your hotspot and live, live stream Elm Confidence. Yeah, You know, if somebody wants to hero. volunteer
1: to figure that out and just like bring their own gear, like I, I will totally help you set up and make sure you have room. Uh, we, but we don't have any official things going on.
0: So if somebody does actually want to do that, uh, should they just message you on Twitter? Um,
1: Slack Slack? would be better. Slack.
0: There you go. Somebody, some kind-hearted, interested soul. There you go. All right. So what are you hoping to improve for this year's conference over last year's conference?
1: I mean, this is more or less the same question, isn't it? Like, uh, we, we have a better schedule. We have more speakers, actually, than last year by two. Um, there were a couple of things that were bad about last year's conference. Uh, not enough time was one of them. And honestly, the lightning speakers got kind of a raw deal. Um, because last year we had 20 minute talks, 45 minute talks, and the lightning speakers were 10 minutes. And when we, when we kind of looked back on that, it was like, this was not really fair to them to give a talk that's only half the shortest time, but not get like any assistance. So we uh, we took those slots and made them full speakers. So cool. we have more full speakers this year, but no lightning slots. And that is okay. a definite change.
2: Also, communicating an idea in ten minutes is way harder than communicating the same idea in twenty or twenty-five minutes.
1: Oh so. yeah, totally, totally true. And Matthew and Abadi and Tessa did an amazing job doing that. Um, and like, so totally like kudos to them. They did amazing. Um, but we don't want to treat people inequitably, so we dropped, uh, we dropped lightning talks this year. Okay.
0: Uh, I only have one last discussion point that I have pre-prepared, and that, that just concerns the overall goals for Brian and Luke, too, because, Luke, you're involved. I'm sorry. You've been mostly quiet this time, uh, so you're welcome to chime in if you've got any input. But what, what are your goals with the conference? I mean, you're, you're putting this on for some reason and this year and last year. What are you hoping to get out of it and do with it?
1: Mostly, I just like to do things. I like to make big, ambitious projects and hope they work out. I tend to have a few too many of those going on at any given time. ElmConf has taken kind of the priority over a lot of other weird little things that I do. As far as conference goals, we want to like enable people to use Elm because we think it makes a better experience in whatever they're doing. And we don't want to waste people's time uh, as developers. And we also, you know, it's a nice language, and we want to promote it. Make it more mainstream. Give underrepresented people a voice uh, is a big goal, especially long-term. We want to increase the inclusivity of the ELM community.
0: I actually respect and appreciate how focused the ELM community is on that in general. I think that's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, it's really cool.
0: And good to carry that on into the conference, too. Uh, How about you, Luke? What are your feels?
2: Uh, I'm going to quote... A quote from an ElmConf talk last year, wherein Evan was talking about uh, Guido's advice to him on building Elm, which was to just do a good job. That is my goal.
0: That's your goal. Okay, good. I like
1: uh-huh. it. That's
2: great.
0: <laughs> so, unless you have extra notes that you want to bring up, organizers, we'll move on to the questions. Um, do you have extra notes you want to bring up? Just tidbits you want to throw out there to attendees?
2: from the speakers perspective one thing that was really cool last year was uh strange loop provided uh like a practice room with a like a like a really really good trained like uh speaking coach who would just give you advice and like you know kind of just pointers about how to stay relaxed on the stage and stuff and uh it was really helpful to me and uh Having given a bunch of talks prior to that, I can only imagine it was it was also really helpful to people who are like first time speakers so mm-hmm. that's a cool it's thing that me I, too. I hope it's happening this year too so
1: yeah we'll we'll let speakers know um as soon as I know basically
0: I'm glad I had the practice run because I discovered through that practice last year that I kept pointing at the screen or something like that to to like signal what I was doing to people, and she's like, "I can't see what you're doing." <laughs> oh I had to turn around and point with my mouse so that would have been pretty awkward to work out
2: oh, for the I'm first pointing time your, like, on stage. Screen? yeah yeah oh,
0: right on. <laughs> I think that's what I was doing I'm not sure I don't remember but it was pretty bad she had to remind me a couple times so I was really grateful for that nice so uh, first question we've got two from Jay Clermont on Twitter and the first one is I love that ElmConf is co-located with Strangeloop but do you worry that it might cause less Elm content in the wider attended Strange Loop Conf? what do you think
1: so ElmConf would be really appropriate for people like, here's why you should use uh, Elm. And that would be like a, a good venue for that kind of talk. ElmConf or strangely, strangely, Loop. ElmConf Elm is actually the opposite. It's Wait. not a good venue for that kind of talk because everybody who goes is either already kind of sold on it or totally sold on it. So one of the selection criteria we used was, would this be appropriate at like a general front-end conference? And if the answer was like, yeah, this absolutely would be, it was like, maybe we shouldn't accept that one. We should accept one that is, uh, that it can only make sense to give it ElmConf. So these talks are mostly just talks that are about Elm and wouldn't make sense to a, a wider audience. So I'm not too worried about an overlap of the content.
0: And there were some super cool Elm, Elm talks last year at, at Strange Loop. I said that I didn't attend any, but that wasn't accurate. I attended parts of some. There was one that was really cool that was about a, a graphical editor, a, an in-browser graphical editor with like a programming API that had been written all in Elm, and it was mind-blowingly cool. And that was all. That was not at all connected with ElmConf. That was just Strange Loop. Okay. So second question from Joel, from Jay Clarmont on Twitter is are you going to do a Q&A as a closing panel again or as part of each talk?
1: Yes. Both? Yes. So both. we've given the speakers the option this year. Uh, because we have more buffer time, we don't have to worry about running over immediately as we did last year. It was It was a very tight schedule. So this year we've given the speakers the option and they can choose to either answer questions at their talk, at the panel at the end, both or neither. So they can do whatever they want. So if we have questions, and the speakers want to take questions in any given talk, then we'll do it just then. Um, and we can follow up with questions at the panel Q&A because uh, they're good. But I do think both are valuable. They did both at the Oslo Elm Day, and you can get the, the Q&A t- uh, session, which was, uh, I think it actually went extremely well. Um, I uh, Although, you know, disclaimer, I did moderate it, so I kind of think it went well anyway <laughs> it Excellent.
2: went well especially because brian moderated it
1: <laughs> but uh but they did both and that just kind of validated made a decision to like yeah we're gonna do both um it'll be fun
0: so if the speaker chooses to do q a as part of the talk do they have to cut time out of the talk to accommodate for that
1: uh we haven't you know actually i need to follow up with the speakers to figure out what they each individually want to do and what they're schedules are going to be. Um, we do have a little bit of buffer time and we'll kind of say if we're running on time we'll be like okay you have this much time for questions uh, but we're going to have to figure that out partially on the day of the event so we'll see. Uh, just just to me,
2: given given the the goal of making more time for people to, to get to know each other and spend time talking to each other and that we're going to have a and a panel at the end I think it would be cool if we just kind of limited it to the time allotted to the speakers. And if you have time left over, you can say questions.
1: Yeah, for sure. We don't want to let people just like, part of the reason we did Q&A at the end last year was because I've been at like too many conferences and gatherings where people are like, I have a question. And then they like read their PhD thesis aloud or something. (laughs) It's like, this is a, not a question. B, you're wasting everybody's time by just showing off how smart you think you are. So like, we definitely want to avoid that. And panel Q&A does that. Um, We're
0: asking questions that aren't really associated with the yeah, exactly. panel either. That happens too. Yeah. So next is from Noah Z. Gordon on Twitter. Any unofficial or official social events planned for Elm before or after the pre
1: The Strange Loop social events haven't been announced yet, but those will basically be ours too. Okay. Um, we maybe will do a gathering of the St. Louis Elm meetup, but... We're honestly like five people, so.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Maybe it's a good opportunity to augment that number. Yeah, we'll see. In the evening. Okay, great. So last question from Ian E. McKenzie. Any plans for birds of a feather type sessions for people interested in specific topics?
1: So if you would like to organize a birds of a feather session, please contact me. I think it would be excellent. We don't have specific time in the schedule but if you want to get people together if anybody wants to get people together and say i'm going to do this during this time then we can definitely promote it as part of the event as long as you can do it in an open accessible space and be able to follow and enforce the code of conduct which we will help out with you know you can you can do whatever uh if we want to make it an unofficial event that's fine too
2: what is that a birds of the feather session
1: uh, birds of Feathers, uh, I think it came out of the Apache Software Foundation because of the feather thing. Um, basically, you go and write a bunch of topics on a board, and then everybody kind of talks about them or splits off into smaller groups to talk about them. And you have a lot of times. I've seen it run a number of different ways, so it's it's hard to generalize. So, yeah, Ian, like, shoot me a DM, right?
0: I think it also branches from the saying, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. For sure. The idea that those who are interested in a similar topic end up uh, getting together to, to chat. Very cool. So, any last points before
2: we get on to the picks? Come to ElmConf US.
0: Come. It's going to be a party. Yes, please. I'll Come. just reiterate what I said last time. Even if you're not that interested in the talks necessarily, which they're going to be good talks, the big thing for me last time was uh, just having to do with meeting people and talking with people and getting ideas and inspiration. I mean, it was also very beneficial for me. Like, I went out to dinner with Richard and a number of other people, Richard Feldman, and I just talked to Richard about some problems I was having. And he was like, hey, you're doing it all wrong. Do this instead. And I've heard him say the same thing since to other people. And I was like, yeah, I, he was right. I was doing it all wrong. And that uh, was very helpful to get that early on. So yeah. you can, there's a lot of unplanned stuff to be learned at conferences if you're willing to, to do it, you know, to talk to people and, and be open with the challenges you're facing and things like that, too.
1: I actually I have some extremely last minute points. I messaged the organizers and I said, "Hey, do, do, are there any Strange Loop tickets left?" And like, as of uh, Thursday, the sixth of July, yes, there are tickets left to Strange Loop, so you can get a ticket still. And hopefully that'll still be true as of the time of the release of the episode, but it should be. So go get your tickets; they're probably running out. And the other last last minute point I had was that if you are an iCalendar person or just prefer having a digital calendar, we have a calendar feed on the website that you can get the talks and you'll get any changes sent to your calendar automatically. It's on the uh, elm-conf.us site and you can just go grab it there.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Great point. In fact, I'm adding it right now. I just did. And I just ripped out my microphone cord so I couldn't hear anything. But there you go. Cool. Yep. Just added it. Way to go. Okay. Okay. So, pick time. We, I think I've limited it to one pick each today. And, um, why, don't we, <laughs> why don't we start out with Luke? Yeah. All right. Luke, if you really want to share more than one pick. maybe I you had, that I
2: had four, and that seems a little bit far afield, so I think I could just do one.
0: Why don't you pick the best two?
2: Best two. Okay, so my, my first pick is uh, this book I'm reading right now called October, the Story of the Russian Revolution. And it's the story of the Russian Revolution.
0: That's a descriptive name, just like Elm does.
2: Right. Uh, It's super good. You should read it if you're interested in in history and stuff. Um, And my other pick is Noah Hall, the person.
0: The person, okay.
2: Yeah, E-E-U-E-56 on various things. Just follow Noah and talk to him. He's the best.
1: He's also literally a wizard, so...
0: Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I second the recommendation. That's a good, it's a good way to learn by hanging around with Noah. All right, Brian, your pick time.
1: I also have a, a, pick, a technical and a non-technical pick. So non-technical pick will be quicker, so I'll go first. The Revolutions podcast is super great. It's a wonderful way to learn you some history about how nations are formed. That's Very it. Cool. Um, technical pick... An Elm package named style-elements that Matthew Griffith made. You can just import mdgriffith slash style dash elements, and it is excellent. Basically, the, the thesis here is that HTML is inherently structured, and so we should store the style elements that have to do with structure and layout with the elements, so that you don't get your layout and the structure of your layout decoupled. It's like... Mm, CSS is like building a house with two blueprints, and one of them says where all the bricks go, and one of them says the size of all the bricks, which is like, why would you do that? <laughs> so by coupling those things and then just saying, okay, presentational CSS, like colors and border colors and stuff, we're going we're gonna to put elsewhere um, so that they never affect the actual layout of your page. It's a very nice library, um, I highly recommend it. I've just uh, shipped a feature. We merged the pull request day. Just shipped a feature at no rating, using it. It's super cool.
0: Matt does good stuff. Yeah. Way to go. Thanks for those recommendations. And I've just got one pick that I'm going to, it's kind of a compound pick, I guess, that I'll throw in. Uh, this is not for Elm, but this is my pick is TypeScript, and there's a sub pick too. For all of those things that you do in JavaScript that aren't in Elm, I think that TypeScript is an excellent tool. I've I've used it and Flow, and I'm not going to be down on Flow at all. Uh, Flow is a different and very cool system on its own, but I found that I really uh, enjoy using TypeScript, and there's a lot of work that's gone into making the the, uh, ecosystem around TypeScript usable. And so TypeScript with Visual Studio Code is really an excellent way to write JavaScript, and there is a library called Monapt, and I'm going to paste the link in here. But that library called Monapt is a great way to use options or to use maybe's Uh, option is the kind of the Scala parlance for maybe from Elm, but uh, it provides an option type and also a try type, which is kind of like an either. So you got an the possibility of an error or a success encoded so both of those things just bringing those two basic types there's also a future as well but especially those two types bringing them into typescript from uh from the kind of functional world makes your typescript a lot more elm-like and makes it a lot uh, more comfortable at least from from my perspective too so there's my recommendation is monapt and typescript and uh there you go i'll drop in the link I think that's it. Any last words from Brian and Luke before we end the show? Schenectady. Good word.
1: I don't have a good last word, no.
0: All right, Luke has no word. That's no. good. Luke just has swear words for the end of the show. Just we i yeah.
1: Beep, beep, Here, I've beep. Got one. I've got one for you, Luke. How about fiddle sticks? Oh, fiddle sticks, perfect. Excellent.
0: Yeah. And I'll just throw in supercalifragilisticexpialidocious.
2: Cool. Good
1: word.
0: Thanks, everybody. Bye. Until Bye. next time.
2: We'll see you.